coming up on this episode of Don't Panic, we've got technology news you'll be interested in, including SpaceX threatening to send people to the moon. Why that's a really bad idea. We'll also talk about too much technology, click to order games, and why Facebook got a job. All that and more coming up now on Don't Panic. This is Don't Panic, episode number 159, recorded February 27th, 2017. Send the morons to the moon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to... Drumroll, please. Welcome to Up for Debate with Matt Mariani. I'm Sean <laughs> Jennings. Uh, thanks for... Wait, hang on. I don't think... I mean, it, it says Up for Debate. I don't... Oh, it says read on <laughs> Thursday. Hang on. I think I got the wrong envelope. Hang on, guys. Let me... Let me... Oh, wait. Hang on. Hang on. This says read on Monday. Welcome to Don't Panic with Colby and Dan. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to... I, I apologize. We had a mix-up here. Don't Panic is the real winner tonight. So This is why I don't do who... pre-planned bits. <laughs> I experienced the... Oscars only through Twitter. Mm. Uh, what what exactly happened? Oh my goodness, you missed like the one exciting thing to ever happen at a uh, award show happened after midnight on the East Coast at the last moment. So here's what happened, and and I'm going to tell you how I viewed it because I caught on early. So what happened is, um, it was it was uh, Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty crack open the envelope. Warren Beatty takes it out, but he doesn't read it immediately for best picture. He kind of just looks at it. He looks a little confused. Then he opens up the envelope and he's looking in there. I thought he was doing like a bit, like a comedy bit, you know, like awkward actors do at award shows. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. he doesn't want to say it. So he kind of like hands it to Faye Dunaway and Faye Dunaway says, La La Land, you know, is winning the best picture and the applause goes off and the voiceover person goes, you know, La La Land has been nominated for 14 Academy Awards. Um, and so they all go up on stage and they start giving their speeches. Yes, Dan. One second. Did the is the voiceover guy just like he's just they have fucking him pre in this They have crap? them all pre. They know who the nominees are, so they have them all pre-written. But the guy up in the booth doesn't know who's going to win until they announce it either. Exactly, he's got the scripts for all of them. They might. Pre I don't know if they pre-record them and hit play or if it's live. But I know that they have the scripts mm -hmm. written out. All right. You know, there's only okay. so many movies that can win. So they're Carry up on, on stage. They're given the the thing, and all of a sudden, behind them, you start to see like a couple guys with, like, headsets, like, clearly production people, like, in the back with all the people on the stage as they're giving the speeches, and I'm, immediately I'm like, wait, hang on, like, that never happens, like, something is very wrong here, and you see them, they're looking at the envelopes, and they're looking at the trophies, and you see some people going, like, you see them mouthing, oh my god, like, what's going on, and then one of the producers for La La Land comes up, and you got if you haven't seen the video, I highly recommend you watch it, it's bizarre, and he, he he's holding his Oscar in his hand, the La La Land guy, and he goes, Guys, we, we didn't win. We, we didn't win. Moonlight is the best picture. And he walks kind of away from the mic towards the Moonlight guys. And he goes, this isn't a joke. You guys actually won. Confusion. Everyone's confused. People on stage are confused. The Moonlight guys are like, what is going on? They start hugging each other. There, there's great photos of everyone in the crowd, like, looking all confused. They don't know what's going all on. Right. Warren Beatty goes, goes to the mic and he says, look, I'm really sorry. The card said... Um, Emma Stone, La La Land. So apparently what happened, so here's the backstory of what actually happened. Apparently at the Oscars, there were the two, you know, they always have the accountants come out with the briefcases with the envelopes in them and, you know, they're handcuffed to them. They take security seriously. Well, apparently they print up two full sets of every winning envelopes. So it's like 12 awards. They have 24 envelopes, something like that. In And one of each in two separate briefcases with two separate accountants at each side of the stage. So when the presenters come out, they hand them the envelope and they walk out and they give the award, right? So what happened was, before Best Picture, Emma Stone won Best Actress and so one of her envelopes got handed to the presenter and she had it with her and they presented it to her. When Warren Beatty came out, the the accountant handing him the envelope, instead of handing him the Best Film envelope handed him the the other best actress envelope by mistake warren Beatty opened it it said emma stone la la land that's why he didn't immediately read it he didn't know what to do faye dunaway just saw la la land on the card and just read it 
Um, <laughs> and so quickly they ran out with the correct envelope and, and they, fa- you know, the, the producer famously held it up and it said moonlight right on it, held it up for the camera for everyone to see that moonlight the whole time was the, the best picture winner. Wow. And so egg on the face of Price Waterhouse Cooper, the fine folks, uh, task. Oh, yes. with. I'm familiar with Price Waterhouse uh-huh. Cooper. Well, they really fucked up. So, <laughs> um, it's, it was quite an experience. I like had my my finger on the power button of the remote, uh, and then like weird stuff started happening. It's crazy. The, the best part for me, I, I was on Twitter the whole time, which was great, and everyone was reacting, which is always fun. With you know, that's when Twitter's at its best during those live events when you know the Super Bowl and when crazy stuff happens and pandemonium on stage and Jimmy Kimmel was out there cracking jokes. It was a lot of. It, I thought it was entertaining. I kind of felt bad for the. Lava Land people, um, but Colby, that sentence you just used, uh, I had my finger on the power button on the remote. Uh, our children have no idea what that sentence means. <laughs> it's true. He got Remotes, up and he turned the dial. <laughs> so, like, I was about to switch off my neural link. When... <laughs> it's a button. Put it this way. <laughs> I I think they'll stop having the Oscars before we start having stop having remote controls. Did I tell you guys about the new TV I bought? No. No. So that sounds like exciting news. It's well, it's not because my old TV broke and I was pissed because it was only two years old and it was out of warranty. Oh man! And I was I was furious. just in time. I know, right? And I and they wanted and and also good luck finding a TV repair shop. They don't exist anymore. I looked, so I had to replace it, which was depressing. So I shopped around and I ended up picking up a Vizio which I really like. I have it. It's 4K. They all come in 4K now. You don't have a choice. You, you Basically all 4K. But it didn't come with a normal remote. It came with an 8-inch Android tablet. No, 6-inch. How big is it? 6, six or 7-inch Android tablet made by Vizio. That is the remote control. And it runs full Android. It's got the Google Play Store on it. And it comes preloaded with the Vizio app. And the TV doesn't have any smart software. It's just got the Google Cast built in. And the point is you're supposed to use the tablet remote as the apps to power the TV. So I don't have a normal remote. I have an Android tablet as the remote. That sounds terrible. It is, and I never use it. A, because <laughs> I have that nice Harmony multifunction remote. Mm. No, the biggest problem is it doesn't have an IR blaster in it. I can't use it to control anything other than the TV. Like if I if I could do multiple, you know, the the kind of multi, I you know, switch between the Roku and the cable box and whatever, um, I'd use it more. But just for it's just a mediocre Android tablet. Now, have you watched anything in 4K? I have, I have. I've watched um some, some a couple of TV shows like some of the Netflix stuff and Amazon stuff is in 4K, and there are a few movies. There's not a ton of content. So um, how did you? How what do you watch it on? What, what so, gives you 4K? You know, <laughs> in, in the ongoing saga of Sean is irresponsible with his money when it comes to gadgets, I also bought the 4K Roku to go with it because why buy a 4K TV if you don't have 4K content to watch? So That's right. Roku makes a 4K version that you can purchase that has uh, support for, for 4K apps. And there's not a lot of content out there. I will be honest with you. There's a lot of the Netflix original and Amazon original stuff is now in 4K. Um, mm. But for movies, there's not a lot. A few new releases. Not a big amount. And frankly, it looks marginally better. Like, you know how you went from, like, standard def to high def and you're like, whoa, like, this is big difference, right? Going from HD to 4K is like, I can kind of see that it's better, but not in a way that's compelling. Mm. you know so right. It, right. it's like it's okay i don't dislike it but yeah not not super thrilling hmm. so overall that's why i didn't talk about it on the show or pick any of it because it's an okay purchase it's a fine television it, not the worst no not it the gets best. the job not the worst gets the job done so <laughs> you know nice so that i uh, speaking of television, well, I mean, this is not really television, but recently Sonos released an update with this like, uh, like tuning or like sound optimizing thing, 
um, for for Sonos, you like run this program or the, the app runs this program and you have to do all these ridiculous things like the speaker makes weird sounds. You have to walk around the room and like wave your phone around. It feels really dumb, but it, I'm pretty sure it worked very well. Like like uh, my sound is like the sound is way more. Um, I mean, I don't have surround sound, but it like. It is. It's like way more dynamic. Like it sounds like things are coming from other places now. It it, it freaks me out once in a while. I'm <laughs> I'm getting used to it. But like occasionally, I think like some something on the TV is, or more often than I used to, I think something is on the TV, uh, is in real life. It's bizarre. So, I'm not sure if that's a pick or or an unpick. Take it as you will. Maybe you want your. So it's an interesting it's a, it's, anecdote. It's a proceed with caution. Right. right. It's too real. <laughs> <laughs> that that happened to me. I told you when I went to my first IMAX movie. Because I'm not a big IMAX guy, but I, I like researched ahead of time like the exact center seat in the theater of like where all the speakers meet in exactly the middle. <laughs> Don't do that. It's too loud. The whole movie I, I think it was Doctor Strange or something. I'm like, oh my uh, god, like it was too real. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I really felt like I was doing strange things it was too too loud wow lesson learned indeed well anything else going on gentlemen Not oh really. i did want to talk briefly about the oscars i know i'm sure i know dan you didn't see too much but colby saw a little bit did you guys see the samsung ads that ran throughout the um the oscars at all the ones the ones that were you know the subtext was basically our phones don't explode anymore Oh yeah. really? Yeah, it was things about their like eight point phone Quality. like battery testing program and you know, they take it seriously and they're hardcore about it and quality is our standard and you know, it was basically our phones don't explode anymore. It was kind of fantastic. It's like imagine having to be in that yep. position. Rough stuff. It is. I think Samsung's gonna be just fine. Well, wasn't their president just arrested for bribery or something? I don't. They're going to be fine. Yeah, for sure. Well, I do want to remind uh, the folks out there listening live on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Don't Panic Show. Our phone number is live five zero eight six four four Tech. That's five zero eight six four four eight three two four. You can call at any point during the show. We want to hear your thoughts. We still got that Don't Panic tote bag to give away. You guys know all about that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I got mine. I haven't those, used mine yet. Those I'm sweet, excited about them. You can you can put things in them, your hopes and dreams. Um really there there's they're very no deep. They are. They're gonna hold a lot for you. Um and if they break, we're not liable. So if you if you call in, give a substantive comment or thought, we'll send you a free tote bag to our first caller. 508-644-TECH. 508-644-8324. You can also call when we're not live and leave us a voicemail. Guys, would you like to talk about some technology? Yes. It's about time. It, it you know. Dan, I couldn't have said it better myself. We've got a pretty healthy amount of stories. We, we weren't here last week because some people get President's Day off. Like, it's a real holiday. <laughs> um, going snowshoeing and drinking beer like a cool person. Um, and so we've got a whole bunch of stories here, guys. Um, any in particular that are grabbing your attention? Well, I think we have to talk about the uh, singularity in the toilet stall, also Abs- known as that time I went to Taco Bell. <laughs> Ooh, that's a very undan joke. I like that. I was like, if you if that you gave me that undan, if you gave me a list required... of ten people and we're like, who who said this joke? I would not have picked Dan. So that's great. That's why I like it. Right. I thought you were classy. Didn't say singularity no. though. Exactly. Exactly. Most people I'm friends with don't know big words like that. <laughs> um. See, look, I'm just see. It had like an event me. horizon and like. Time and light all collapse in on itself in that moment. That's what happens when you eat Taco Bell, Dan. Yeah. Uh, no, we're not talking. We already did our toilet talk a couple weeks ago. No, Colby, you uh, pitched up the story from the Atlantic. Uh, do you want to give us the the sort of underlying um, uh, tale here? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was. I guess it was like a, a sort of cultural commentary sort of piece, but the. The just, I mean, the the title of the article is called "Is Why Nothing Works Anymore," and the guy was talking about like technology, and he was specific. His his sort of case study was 
all the things that are in bathrooms now. Um, and his, his thesis, I think, was that, like, technology has stopped, like, working for us and started, like, kind of, like, working for itself and, like, pushing us out of the way. So, like, everyone has gone to, a ba- like, a public restroom and had the uh, a, a weird experience where the toilet flushes, like, eight times or something, or you can't get the paper towels to dispense properly. Um have you all seen uh, Better Off Ted? Yes. Okay. I've seen a couple the, episodes of that. The, the, the very first episode where the guy, he encounters this. Uh, he goes up to drink from the water fountain. It's a motion-activated water fountain. But the motion sensor is way up here. So he has to go down, drink some water, and then jump up and wave his hand and go down and drink <laughs> some more water to minimize water usage. Uh <laughs> And then he's on the toilet, and the toilet roll is so far away from me, he has to get up in the stall to go get it <laughs> to, to minimize toilet paper usage. Uh, so that reminded me of the, the first part of this article. Yeah. Uh, an interesting fact, the auto-flushing toilets do not save water. This is something I'd I noticed no on idea. my... Oh, I, 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 had, I had always wondered about this. Because if I were at work, if I wear like a, a black shirt... Uh, it just flushes constantly as I'm sitting on it. <laughs> not only is that unpleasant, but it's it's a definite waste of water. Here's my other... Here, we're about to get way off track. It's okay. okay. Wouldn't be the first time. It, uh, I, it, since we're all in on the bathroom humor this week, I think that the, the, the reason that people find these auto-flushing toilets, especially the toilets, but to a certain extent, uh, uh, the toilets. Auto-flushing toilets is because they don't have to touch anything. First of all, you are touching something. Second, <clears throat> uh, you're, you, you should wash your hands after, right? Like, you should wash your hands after. Even if you do have to flush the toilet, right? You should wash your hands after. So then, what's the point? You have to, like, you're going to be wiping up your butt, and you're going to flush the toilet, and then you're going to wash your hands. It's true. You're so real passionate uh, about this, Dan. <laughs> the people who get, like, really upset about restaurants that don't have, like, you have to, they, they like, use their foot to flush it, or they, like, wrap their hand in paper towels to flush it. Yeah. I it think the... It really grinds my gears. My my favorite uh, bathroom technology is found often in in places like airports where uh, there's no like door with a handle to get in. It's just like a a view obscured area, but you don't have to touch anything to get out. Because that's when like after you've washed your hands, uh, when you have to touch the door, that that that's that's pretty unfortunate um, because some people don't wash their hands. And that's absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, Here's the thing. Here, uh, I've heard people say that. I agree with it more than the than the uh, toilet flushing thing. But even if you do make it out of that bathroom without having touched anyone, any <laughs> anyone or anything that has been covered in uh, fecal matter, like, <laughs> so you're, you're applying the transitive property here, right? The door handle is contaminated because someone's hand was contaminated and touched it. But it's not like if someone goes to the bathroom, doesn't wash their hands, touches the door handle, okay, they got it all, it's all in the door handle now. Like, they're also taking that with them on the subway poles, uh, on the know. other door handles, <laughs> on the faucet sink in the kitchen. Are you just trying to ruin lives, Dan? I mean, seriously. I'm just saying. Like, like there are certain unspoken <laughs> truths that we just all ignore. Like, like what yeah. things have touched yeah. subways and buses and public spaces, you know? <laughs> so, so I had a, I had a weird, um, a weird subway experience last winter. I was standing on the T and there was this guy next to me. It was like a relatively crowded train. And this guy was like tall. He was very tall. He was a full head taller than me. And he, how, many, how much stone did he weigh? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much he weighed. He might have weighed the same as me. He was just okay. just tall. And so he like uh was talking to someone and like paused, 
turned, like, looked down and coughed directly in my face. And then I got sick after it. And I, I've never been angrier at a single person. <laughs> um, like, I'm sure he didn't know I was there because I can't imagine he would have done that on purpose. But it was messed up. It was really messed up. This is sickening. Uh, that's different. Yeah. But I, I that's, agree. Oh, yeah, that that's it, that's totally different. It just like germ germs on the subway reminded reminded me of that. And and you know like after that I considered wearing like a uh, one of those germ face masks. Oh, around. that would be so <laughs> awesome! Can we get Colby those medical masks <laughs> and make him wear them around the city? That would be yeah, great. I, I wouldn't consider it in the winter. I I got sick a lot this year. Like starting in December, I was sick every two weeks uh, in some variety or another. If I can give you any advice to not getting sick, it's move to Houston is the best advice I can give you. Wear it's sun all the time. Um, <laughs> no, I to, to get back to the sort of technology angle on this, as much as I love talking about fecal matter, um, <laughs> that I think... I the gist of the article, at least from the piece of the bathroom, not sort of the larger point, is that you know technology is actually inefficient from a resource perspective, but is efficient from a people perspective. Um, you know, less janitors have to clean the toilets when they flush themselves, regardless of how mm-hmm. much water they use. But I agree with Colby. I think that the the answer and the point you were getting at is that I don't think the answer is technology. I think the answer is design. I think designing bathrooms without doors, I, I give. I st- still don't think they're perfect, but I like those Dyson Airblade things you put your hands in mm-hmm. that, that blow the air on you. Yes, because those actually clean your hand, uh, dry your hands better than paper towels or the air blasting things. But that's what I'm right. saying. Design, I think there's so many opportunities in the bathroom space to really be efficient mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. And, and also, like, reading about this stuff reminded me of, like, our our connected house stuff that, like, I don't know, maybe they fill a few lamps are okay. But, like, you know, when the power goes out and everything turns on after, even if it wasn't on, like, that's total garbage. <laughs> like, that, that, I, I've cut all that stuff a lot of slack. But when <laughs> it's turned on at 2 in the morning because... Um, the power went out. Mm-hmm. I just had just had to draw the line there. It's too far. I've talked on this show about the the Dubai Friday podcast segment on the connected home, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. That's all. It's hilarious. I don't remember. Oh man, <laughs> cool, they, was drunk. They, all right, don't worry quick. about it. They went on if this then that, and they tried to make the most ridiculous possible <laughs> recipes. Uh, anyways. Two weeks ago, I think while we were off, uh, one of the hosts bought all the other hosts a new connected device, and this is the Pavlock. It is a thing you wear on your wrist that you can hook up to if this then that that will shock you as one of the actions in the recipe with an actual electric shock. That's so awesome. You can train yourself not- I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can train yourself not to do things. And of course, quickly they had it set up sort of like a a game of kings where whenever anyone got shocked, all of them got shocked, <laughs> and they're just screaming on the podcast episode. It's really good, but an, an example, a terrible example of how technology can control you. I could, I could very easily see the makers of the padlock being like, you know, don't even, don't even bother setting up the recipes to get tell us when to shock you. We'll figure it out. Like we know what bad machine habits learning. are, yeah, and yeah, we'll machine learn and just electrocute you out of those bad habits. Can we buy Colby one of these? We can. I I, what, I would put into that. Whatever, whatever Colby's lights are on past three in the morning, he gets, <laughs> he gets electrocuted. That's right. So he and knows his lights are on. He can't turn them off. He's just. I just imagine Colby just like shaking in a corner with all the lights off in the dark. <laughs> Like the lights burn, <laughs> they shock me. That was getting terrible. Twisted very that's quickly. A, that's a, I feel like that is that is pretty science fiction right there. Like think, think of, that is. But see, if dark. if yeah, if if the computer was machine learning when to electrocute a population of people, it it, it could it could manipulate that population to do whatever it wanted it to do. Like, oh, you should buy yeah. more. 
GE Electronics. Uh, right, like you're at the store reaching, reaching for the Crest toothpaste and you get zapped <laughs> until you, you, you get the total or whatever. I don't know what toothpaste brands are. The total is cereal, <laughs> but that's okay. You're pretty close. Um, <laughs> Damn it. That's okay. That's a good thought. Um, no toothbrush. Cereal. <laughs> See, but I like the machine learning is cool, but I think we need the the Twitch plays Pokemon version of this, where Twitch plays Colby, and they get to decide what the public gets to decide when he gets shocked. Yeah, but it can't it can't just be a binary thing. I, I think the public we needs to be able to assemble a coherent if this and that recipe. Yes, right, because otherwise it'd be too easy. Yes. <laughs> Where 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 we'll all this Colby will go to get a coffee and be like, yeah, I'll have a a latte, uh, a cappuccino, <laughs> uh, just black. And okay, the internet agrees. This is very <laughs> odd. I love it. But I I think that was one of the more interesting things the article got to towards the end. Is, is that is when uh, you're looking at things in such a uh, like the Facebook example of you have. Uh, all these people who use your service and they're not your customers, these people who want to know things about or possibly even, I don't know if this is happening now, it could happen in the future, influence people. Certainly it's possible to influence people using it. Uh, those are the real customers. And so you're not using the technology that technology is using you. Has everyone here read iRobot, the Isaac Asimov mm-hmm. book? Uh, I haven't. Yeah, I don't so read. Sorry. It's... It's it's a quickie. Uh, hang on, let me look up the third, the three laws of robotics. So I think this is kind of like what Isn't, we need. I think the the first rule is don't talk about Robot Club, and then the second rule is yep. don't talk about Robot Club, and then there's like yep. seven or eight more rules on top of that. So yeah, so iRobot is just a series of short stories about like the history of the history of what robotics and artificial intelligence could look like throughout the course of human history. So going hundreds and hundreds of years into the future, uh, I won't spoil anything. Each story centers around one of these three laws and the interesting tricks you can end up. The first law is a robot may not injure a human being or through an action, allow a human being to come to harm. Second is, a robot must obey the orders given to it by human beings, except where such orders would conflict with the first law. Third, a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with laws one or two. Uh, so in this world, uh, you might... What is that noise? Is it me? There, there, I think my a... fridge just turned on. Could it be that? <laughs> Uh, Weird. Okay, sounds better now. <clears throat> uh, so, anyways, through one, through if you if you could make it so that AIs obeyed these rules, then it would be impossible it for a, a an AI to do something like manipulate the population of the world uh, to do something that would cause harm to those people. Uh, hint, though, one of the last short stories does actually get into exactly what we're talking about and how how gray it could actually be. Uh, oh, but I, I think we need we need we need some like set ethics rules around some of this stuff because it, it it's especially as like the AIs become self. Uh, a really interesting thing in this these books is they have uh, robot psychologists which are basically computer programmers, they debug AIs because they've, they're, they're beyond the capability of a normal human being to understand, just like the human brain. They do things for mysterious reasons that require days or years of diagnosis to figure out like, exactly why a robot took a decision that it did. Uh, so I think in the future, it'll become impossible to understand why a machine learning thing is performing the way, it, uh, behaving the way it is. And you'll need like specialists to be able to diagnose these weird breakdowns of like uh, a simple example is when uh, the Amazon prices for the books a couple years ago, this one book went up to like $10,000 because it was auto adjusting the price based on other things it was seeing. That's a simple example. But imagine instead the entire United States economy is run by machine learning, right? Uh, 
Well, they did that, right? There was that famous case where someone hacked the AP's Twitter account and tweeted that President Obama had been shot and the stock market like crashed for like, you know, three seconds and then rebounded. But because um, it was scanning the news and trying to react quickly. Right. So you're right. You're exactly right. And, you know, to be honest, if Westworld has taught us anything, it's that if you make super lifelike robots, um, they will eventually go crazy and try to kill everybody. So, <laughs> you know, that that's a lesson you can learn right there. Is there any piece, any like bit of popular culture where that isn't what happens with the robots? Battlestar Galactica has this. Westworld has it. I actually know the answer to this. And it's a terrible Bicentennial Man, starring Robin Williams as a robot. I I know everyone saw that one. In it, it, actually, it's it's kind of based on a little bit of the, the, you know, what robots would be like in the future. And Robin Williams starts as a robot and he falls in love and but tries to be like super realistic about it. And he does this terrible makeup job. And then by the end of the movie, he just wants to be a person um, and slowly replaces his parts with like human-esque robot parts so he gets a heart you know but it's a robot heart but he gets a heart and he gets lungs and then by the end they they call him a person it's a very weird movie it was during that time in his career when he didn't know what he was doing so anyway he doesn't go crazy and kill anybody in that movie there's hope then there there's hope for us all not so much for Robin Williams any uh thoughts about this article Colby uh, I mean, I think the, I guess it was just something, something, it made me think about stuff, like things that, like, like garbage things that I've been tolerating that <laughs> maybe I should, I, sh- I shouldn't be, um, I mean, it specifically made me think of, of the, like, connected lights and things, uh, that, that's the most recent, um, Source of annoyance, but that, but that, I mean, that's a, a relatively harmless one too, uh, compared to you know thinking about like Facebook or Uber or things like that. Um, yeah, I think that's all. That was a fun, a fun talk. I I, I added, I bought iRobot already. It's nice, my Kindle. Yeah. All I know is I did not realize how complicated bathrooms were. <laughs> that, that's, that was my takeaway was holy shit what happened to bathrooms no pun intended when thank Seriously. you and it was not intended but i'm glad you caught it um that i had no idea that bathrooms had gotten so out of control so lesson learned <laughs> damn uh so wash your hands everybody but with that we're gonna continue on <laughs> on this wonderful journey this evening to more stories and we've got a whole bunch of them here gentlemen in the news you can pick one, um, really anyone. Don't pick the one we already talked about, though. But pick any other one. There's like eight of them. Which one are you most interested in, Sean? Oh, Dan, are you sure you want to ask that? Because uh, yeah, I like I know a lot about the Cloudflare thing. I don't really care about Snapchat spectacles or whatever Elon Musk is doing right uh, now. Well, I'll give you a hint, Dan. Do you remember what the title of the episode was? The, I do not at remember. At the top, you were so excited by my Oscars bit that, that you forgot. <laughs> that has is, that is eclipsed everything that happened before it today. Yeah. The, uh, the title of today's episode is Send the Morons to the Moon, and that is a reference to the ludicrous plan by SpaceX to send a couple right. rich people into space. Go for it. And I would like to talk about this, because this is a whole nother level of dumb. So... Today, Elon Musk announced, uh, CEO of SpaceX, that they plan to send two private citizens around the moon. Um, around uh, it? Around it. It turns out it's it's not as hard to go around it as it is to land on it. So Sure. They're going to do a lap. They're going to lap it, and then they're going to come back. Is it legal to land on it, I wonder? Can well, just anyone with a bajillion dollars fire a rocket into the moon and blow it up and then end the... I mean, wait. Uh, <laughs> so thanks, supervillain Dan. Um, yeah, no, I, I, as far as I understand it, because no one owns the moon, as far as I understand it, as long as you have the clearance to launch the rocket, once you're in space, yeah, absolutely. I think anyone can land on the moon. It's just a pain in the ass. Yeah, it's a lot of work, really. No one wants to go through that. <laughs> Been there, done that. Um, so apparently, um, so here's the scoop. The, the full story is that, um, 
SpaceX is obviously working with NASA to build a crew capsule for NASA to use along with SpaceX to send people to the International Space Station and eventually to Mars. They want to start sending people by, is it the end of this year, to the International Space Station in the capsule and then send these two tourists around the moon sometime next year. Now, this uh, capsule has never flown um, to date. They've never tested it. Um, and uh, let's see, they expect to fly an uncrewed um, capsule to the International Space Station by the end of this year, another mission six months later, so halfway into 2018, uh, with a NASA crew, and then six months after that, at the end of 2018, is when they plan to fly two people around the moon. Now, these two people are quite rich. They paid a lot of money, including very large deposits, to do this. Um, as far as I know, they're not trained to be astronauts. Um, they're just two rich people who, who have taken the option to do it. So my question for you two is this. Is this a PR stunt by Elon Musk to make his company look more exciting after a few setbacks? Or is this a legitimate opportunity to pull more money in for SpaceX and... You know, fuck it. If people want to go to the moon, send them to the moon. You know, it probably depends how much money these people yeah. are paying to go. Yeah. I don't know. If it's like $20 million, I mean, I have no idea how well, much it I costs know. to like launch the rocket. Well, what was it? Because tours have gone into space before, namely on the Soyuz rockets that the Russians launch. And if I remember mm. correctly, it was, I think, 30 to 40 million to go up to the International Space Station and back. And there's a handful of people who have done that. So maybe that gives you some idea of, of, of the right. range of what we're talking about. I mean, if I guess if you can make a profit, I don't know. It's a unique opportunity, certainly. <laughs> Colby, Colby, sell me on going to the moon with SpaceX. I mean, Why should I, I put up I my hard-earned money? Go to the moon. But if were this your dream to go to the moon, right? Or like go into space? So like, you're you're a believer some, in the free people, market. Right. Imagine you're like some billionaire. You got like fifty million dollars with a death hole in your pocket. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, you really wanted to go to space camp as a kid, but you never got to. And so you know now, now this kid, this is your chance to you know tell your parents that you know the metaphorical f you to your parents that wouldn't let you go to space camp. So like well, blow well, a million dollars. You know what, and mom? Go, and go, I'm just gonna go, go to the moon. moon. <laughs> right, and you can't stop right. me because I'm an adult now. <laughs> yeah I don't know I, I don't understand This is perhaps the... I don't understand because I don't have like 1 million dollars never mind I, honestly, 30 to 40 million. I don't even have a problem with the cost like that's not what bothered me about this frankly if someone said they were paying the money to go up in the Soyuz that's fine they've launched hundreds of those <laughs> like they're really good at it like I'm not saying it's 100% safe obviously there's a risk but if you're going to space that's the way to do it by the time this thing launches, they will have launched one successful mission, assuming it's successful, with actual NASA-trained astronauts. Then you're going to take two random people, strap them to a rocket, and send them around the moon? The third time ever launching this capsule into space successfully, potentially? Is the... So this will be... I, I'm reading now. It'll be going... So it's going on the rocket, the same rocket they, they use to launch cargo and stuff, right? Not to say that, that that makes it a whole bunch better, but like... So so even better, so I'll double down with you, Colby. It's actually not the same rocket they've been using. They've been using the Falcon rocket. Uh, They'll have to use a okay. bigger one to send somebody to the moon called the Falcon Heavy. Now, they've been building it for years, but that mm. hasn't launched ever. They've never launched it before. They're launching <laughs> the first one this summer. So wow. you were on a, a okay. relatively untested rocket in a relatively untested capsule with untested people circling the I like it. It's Apollo 13, but worse. <laughs> it's Apollo 13, but like the people have no idea what they're doing. I, I, <laughs> I just, I, like, I just, the, the only thing I can think of is that he's never going to actually do this. And this is a PR stunt, which is fine by me if that's the case. But like, I, it just, it, it's, baffling i here's my here's my question i 
you can do like the Soyuz rocket thing into space. And I get that. You went into space, right? And I understand. How much more are you paying to go around the moon in space? Because I have to imagine that actually you don't want to stay in space very long. It's mostly about getting there. So, like, and how long does it take to go around the moon? Doesn't that take, like... Would you like to know? Over a day? It takes approximately one week, approximately 300 to 400,000 miles. Yeah, no way. And you're just stuck in the capsule. Yeah, you couldn't pay me to do this. (laughs) (laughs) So, so one, I mean, one had a bajillion dollars or it was cheap enough, I would like to go up in space. You could certainly pay me or give it to me for free, right? Go up, zip, come back down, maybe do like a couple weeks of training. That'd be cool. But then, like, once you're in space, you go through the exhilaration of getting up there, you're just stuck in a capsule for a week. No thanks. If you get to land on the moon, then then it becomes a lot more interesting. That's true. So in history, seven people have been space tourists on Soyuz rockets, including um, one of the uh, guys who got rich off of Microsoft, who I don't recognize his name. Um, The Cirque du Soleil guy went up, the guy who created Cirque du Soleil. Um, Mark Shuttleworth, the founder of Ubuntu. That's right. There you go. He did go up uh, back in 2002. Um, Do we know any of these other people? Are they? Um, well, Richard Garriott, it says... What is he rich for? <laughs> He's a video <laughs> game developer. Oh, wow. Um, I'm trying to find out what he actually... Most of his pages... Um... Most of his pages about yeah he did video games. What it's most of his pages about is uh, his flight to space. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, none of these names are people I particularly uh, recognize. So there you go. If you if actually back in those days it, it, the price has only gone up. So. If you went back in the day, you re- although I guess with inflation. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is that this <laughs> is just a insane idea. So. It does seem insane. But good on them. I'll yeah. Microsoft guy went up twice. That's how you really know you're rich, when you get to go to space yeah. twice. When you're like, it was so much fun the first time. That seems irresponsible. That is the best <laughs> word I could think of to describe this whole endeavor, Colby. Irresponsible. <laughs> like, you couldn't think of anything at all better to do with the second $40 million. I mean, let's assume... So, right now, apparently, these days, even more expensive, one ticket on the rocket round trip costs $80 million. Think of what you could buy with $80 million that doesn't involve you just making a lap around the moon. Yeah. I don't know, man. Think about what you could do. You could change the world. I don't know. Maybe You, you could buy 80 million model rockets. Just launch them, watch off them one all of- into <laughs> space at the same time. That'd oh, be or one at a time. Or one that's, at a time. Yeah. You really spread out the fun. Okay. Anyway, that story really. And when I read that today, I'm like, this is the dumbest shit. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I get real sensitive about that. Okay. We've got time for one more story here before we got to wrap up because we've had some fun conversations. Gentlemen, anything left in here we're talking about? Or we can just move right on to picks. I want to remind everybody while want. you're looking that they can call in live, 508-644-TECH. That's 508-644-8324 is the phone number. It's right there on the screen for you. Call and join the conversation. Do you think it's ludicrous to go to space, or would you put up your hard-earned millions to lap the moon in uh, Elon Musk's sketchy, untested rocket and capsule? Um, let us know. Call in live. Uh, what's next on the list, guys? I don't want Connect Connect in my iPhone. That's so creepy. Oh, you don't you don't you don't want a three D depth sensing camera in the front of your iPhone? Please don't. You don't want your phone to recognize your face. Well, that's what they're saying might be in the next iPhone. Uh, brief story here: um, a reliable analyst is saying Apple is working on a revolutionary quote unquote camera technology um, that uses um, infrared. Um, 
to create a depth effect with a camera, similar to what it was in the Microsoft Connect. Interestingly enough, Apple purchased the company that first developed the Connect back in 2013. So it's not crazy that they would be looking at this. Um, potential uses could include uh, using the camera to take 3D selfies, which I know we've all really been dying for. Um, in addition to um, using it to unlock your phone as a replacement for Touch ID, because rumor has it that the home button is going away to be replaced by a screen that takes up the whole front of the phone. Um, I've also seen Apple, a patent went by the other day about having the thumbprint sensor embedded under the glass in the screen itself. So that's another potential way they could do that. Um, or on the back of the phone, like Android phones do as well. Or they could use your face. I don't know, guys. Do you, would you want to use your face to unlock your phone? No. That seems so, like, easy to get around. Like, Well, that's why it's got to be I mean, 3D, not, right? Not easy. Yeah, but, like, someone could, like, make a 3D model of your my face. <laughs> or, like, like Mission what about... Impossible with those rubber masks where they... Yeah. Yeah. Well, you just needed like a dummy that 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 has a head shaped like me. <laughs> That's not a good idea. You're a unique snowflake, Colby. Nobody has a head shape like you. Well, thank you, Sean. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's it. Oh, I kid, I kid. But no, I I mean that's a fair. That is a fair. Although honestly, if we're talking super spy stuff. I wonder how easy it would be to lift your fingerprint. Yeah, maybe, maybe it'd be easy. I don't know. No, that that is easy. Yeah. I mean, not not easy, easy, but probably easier than doable. your face. Uh depending on how good the camera technology was. That's my question. Is like, although we said this before, Touch ID, right? Our big question was, will it work? Like, fingerprint stuff never used to work, and Touch ID works pretty well, I think. So the question is, do we trust Apple can make a camera that like Connect worked okay, like it? And it was never really good enough to detect your face. Of course, you weren't particularly close to it either. But I just wonder if they can shrink the technology down small enough to shove it in a phone and have it still work. Like, how, like do you have to really get your face like super close to your to your phone to unlock it? Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not into this because I it's going to be slower than the fingerprint, and there's no benefit. Mm-hmm. So I, I am very skeptical that this is a thing. They might have a, a camera like this on the next iPhone, but it won't be for unlocking things with your face. Makes sense. It might be for like... here. I have two theories. If it is going to be on the front... Well, if it's not going to be on the front, it could be for like doing 3D modeling stuff. If it's going to be on the front, it's going to be for stupid Snapchat, Snapchat filters crap. Uh, it's gonna suck. Which, well, <laughs> it's probably gonna be really good, but it's gonna be a waste of time. Yeah, I I enjoy a good Snapchat filter. Don't get me wrong. You're so hip but, with the kids. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, hey, look, there are always these rumors going around when the new iPhones are coming out in six to eight months um, about what crazy feature and usually about 70% of them are right. So, you know, the interesting thing for me is this seems to me like a feature that would only be on the plus model anyway, because that's usually how they've been rolling Mm -hmm. out new features is the plus model gets them first, Uh, like the dual lens camera um, that's in the model now. So that would be a bit disappointing. I think it would be fine. It would just like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I would want that. I mean, I guess I could choose to not unlock my phone with my face if that if that was the choice. Well, that's the question, uh, though. If they get rid of the home button, you know, it would be your face or a passcode. I'm just hypothetically. Right. I mean, I would go passcode then if I had to. Uh, I like the Touch ID. Oh man! No, it is how good. long is how how many models has Touch ID been in? Did it start in the four, the four S, or was no. it the five? No, I thought it was, it was the, the six. Five. No, it was the I had was mine it, in my skinny five, the okay. long one. Yeah, now it's it's across the whole line. Um, and I think it I think it works still well. Still, the iPad ones are slow. Yeah, but it's also I've always found it so awkward to use on because of just the shape of the iPad. My fingers never in the right spot to. Yeah. 
to to use it. I use a passcode most of the time, to be honest, on an iPad. Um, but I would, yeah. be, I, I think there are just many other ways to integrate fingerprint reading. If you're going to go away with the, you know, do away with the home button, whether it is putting it on the back, although that kind of screws with some cases, um, or finding a way to integrate it into the screen, I, I think it would be a miss to get rid of it. I don't mind them adding the option to use your face. Like I don't, I don't think that takes away. That's true. But I think it would be a shame to to remove the functionality just for a design feature. Just just because you didn't want a home button, you're going to get rid of Touch ID. That's not a good reason. Fair enough. But that is something Apple would totally do, so... Yes, yes. Wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. All right, gentlemen. I think that's... We're going to have to end it. We didn't get to the other stories, but... Oh, well. They'll be relegated to the dustbin of history. Womp womp. I know. Unless there was really something there you wanted to get to, we can make extra time. No. Nope. No. Okay. Dan is like We're he's done. so over it. February's uh, done. He's got to go take out the trash. Um. All I right. Do. So see, I know. I, d- I know Dan's routine. It's kind of creepy. We talk too often. Um. <laughs> all right. We've got picks. We've got some really great picks. I think I'm gonna go first. Um. Because I'm at the top of the list, and and you know you may remember on our previous episode, Dan picked one of my favorite things of 2016 that I watched, which was American Crime Story, colon, The People vs. O.J. Simpson, now streaming on Netflix. You should go watch that. It's really great. It's the scripted version of the O.J. Simpson trial. But it left me wanting more after watching it. Specifically, I felt it was missing context because it was a very good telling of the trial, but didn't tell, like, the. I I felt it didn't, you know, because we were, like, babies at the time. Um, it didn't tell the whole history, the whole story. Like I felt like I didn't get enough depth on it. It was very good, very entertaining, but didn't have a lot of depth. This past year, ESPN and their 30 for 30 series, which is always fantastic. I'm a huge fan of did a, uh, documentary called OJ made in America. And maybe you've heard of this. It is like seven hours long. It's crazy long, but it tells the entire Basically, life story of O.J. Simpson from being born to today while mixing in the history of race in America, the history of Los Angeles, the history of, of police and police interaction with the African-American community. Of course, it talks about the trial. It is such a riveting documentary. It did not feel like it was seven hours long. And most impressively, last night, it won the Oscar for Best Documentary Feature. So... It was apparently the best documentary in America last year, and it was made by ESPN, which is weird. ESPN now has an Oscar, although so does Suicide Squad, so <laughs> whatever. Um, if what did, did, did Suicide Squad, what did it get, get it for, it like won, makeup or It something? won for makeup, yeah, but that was the big oh. joke online, like, oh my god, Suicide Squad has more Oscars then, and then you can name a bunch of great movies that never got Oscars. <laughs> you know, that is kind of sad. Um... So I recommend OJ Made in America. It's streaming now on Hulu, if you have Hulu. It's also on, if you have a cable subscription, you can sign in with that on the ESPN website and watch it. Um, And they have apps on all the different platforms. You can watch it there as well. Um, Or I'm sure it's floating around in different places. It's going to be all over now that it's won the Oscar. But uh, seriously, if you really enjoyed the OJ series or you just like cool documentaries, this one is a must-watch. It's one of of my favorites I've seen in a while. And the Oscars, the, the people have spoken. I mean, it beat out other really good ones, so... That's my pick, OJ, Made in America. Nice. Let's have Dan go next. He's also got something you can watch. What's up? Yeah, so I heard lots of people talking about John Wick 2, which is in theaters now. And I never watched John Wick 1. So this weekend, last night, last night, last night, I watched John Wick 1. It was pretty good. It wasn't too long. I don't think as as movies go, it seemed kind of short. But it was nice, you know, good action movie. Uh, intriguing premise. It just it filled a void I needed to fill Sunday night. I wanted to see some like some karate moves. I wanted to see some crazy over the top action sequences, and I got I got what I wanted. You got your money's so, worth. I I got my four dollars worth on that one. So. Yeah, check out John Wick. I just got it on Amazon. I think it's on. It's for rent on all the things, but not, not for streaming anywhere. Very Aww. nice, John Wick. Check it out. You're my main man, Keanu. 
Uh, all right, Colby, what, what do you have here? Take a look at this. Uh, recently, last week, I went on vacation, uh, going on another trip in April, and uh, Jill found this website called Travify that's like... Uh, it's like the other website that lets you do the same thing that that Dan and I used when we went to Europe. I don't remember what it's called. Uh, yeah. Um, but in any case, it basically lets you like plan out your trip, and you can put in all your flights and stuff, and it shows you a schedule, and it has like a it has like a list of, a thing where you can like keep like brainstorm like a list of ideas, and if you're going with people, you can invite them to the trip. Um, it's, it's, it's convenient for those, those things where, that you always forget, like, what time is my flight? Like, what time is check-in at what my hotel? More importantly, what time is check-out at my hotel? Um, so, I don't know. If you're planning on a, a trip, you might want to check it out. The, the UI is, like, marginally less garbage than the other one, which I can't remember. <laughs> trip it? Trip it? Maybe that sounds like Their it. Their UI is terrible. Yeah, does, this, does this thing do the thing where you can forward it emails and it figures it out? Yes. I don't think so. Yes. Uh, it? Well, trip it is. Sean's saying yes. Trip, trip it, it is. Does. I'm asking if this thing does. Mm-hmm. Oh, I trip if I, I don't know. I don't know tri- either. Tra- oh, I didn't tra- try any. Tra- Traffy? Travify? Well, there's no tra- I. Tra- it's definitely called trip it is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, trip, oh. it, trip it is good for the emails. I do use it for that when I travel. Because it's just you have like all the codes and all the time yep. stored, but this one's uh, the nice. tra- is tra- 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 I'm I'm really bothered by this. There's no yeah, I, it's actually, not Travify. We should, we should we should write them an email and ask how, how you pronounce exactly your name, you and then maybe suggest yeah. a better one that's less terrible. Yes. Yes. Damn. But in any case, it's kind of it's it's, it's all right. Well, we'll give it's it a pretty shot. Pretty casual. Yeah. What's the worst that happens? Better than nothing. Right. The worst that happens is that uh, you make a mistake and write down the wrong thing and go to the wrong place. <laughs> pick, pick up Colby at the wrong airport. You intended to go to Houston, but instead I wound up in Colorado. I told between us, I told Matt, I was like, don't go to the... I knew he was going to book the wrong airport. I'm like, read the one Colby went to. Don't go to the other airport. Go to the right airport, please. Because <laughs> he would totally do that. So hopefully we won't have any confusion. Anyway, very cool. Check it out. It's Travi, uh, T-R-A-V-E-F-Y dot com. But the link to that and all our picks, as usual, will be on the website at don'tpanic.io. Um, we're done for show this week. I got to plug a few things. First of all, gamenights.tv. Uh, I recommend people go there. Listen to us play Dungeons and Dragons. We, we're really hitting the ground rolling here. Uh, chapter 2 is up now. Chapter 3 is going to be up in a, probably tomorrow or Wednesday um, of The Legend of Shaker Heights. Um, spoiler alert on Chapter 3. These guys get bonked over the head and end up in some weird dungeon. Um, and Colby and Dan fumble around in the dark. It's hilarious. So you're going <laughs> to want to check that out when that gets published. Subscribe at GameNights.tv. Um, now, so, so on, on that topic... Uh, I don't typically care to listen to myself in podcasts, but I've been listening to this this round because um, I I don't know I just wanted to hear I guess I just started maybe I just started on accident, um, but it's it's pretty entertaining <laughs> if if I do say so myself like we're 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 kind of kind of funny as <laughs> the, dungeon master the, the, the world is pretty you cool. guys are always throwing me I, it's such loops I was like what the <laughs> hell are they what the hell are they doing so it's it's fun and i gotta say you're gonna want to subscribe gamenights.tv slash subscribe i think get you all the links because coming up in the next couple weeks action packed we got baddies battles we've got secrets we've got maps we've got boxes with mysteries in them i'm telling you it's going to be exciting. So make sure you subscribe because you can get all the episodes. Also, this show at don'tpanic.io, we do this every week, Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central um, on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash don'tpanicshow. Go there, like the page, and you'll get notified when we go live. Uh, but if you can't catch us live, we have links to subscribe on the website with all the episodes, including links to the pics. Um, we're available on uh, youtube.com slash don'tpanicshow as well as uh, on really anywhere you can get podcasts. Um, Overcast actually just put out their uh, version 3.0 um, last week. I don't know if you guys... It's great. So go get over uh, Overcast and then subscribe. Um, 
And if you want to give us feedback, we want to have it. Uh, 508-644-8324 is the phone number to leave us a voicemail. You can also tweet at us at Don't Panic Show or send us an email, don'tpanicshow at gmail.com. I think that's everything um, for this week. So we appreciate everyone out there joining us. I uh, hope you had as much fun as we did. Uh, we'll be back next time with even more tech news. On behalf of Colby and Dan, this is Sean thanking you for joining us. I hope we'll see you next time for even more great tech news here on Don't Panic. <laughs>